like it. Are you doing good today? All right. <laughs> Y'all look wonderful today. I got a little bit of mixed emotions today, though, because Taylor and Andy, this is their last Sunday. They are, uh, he is uh, graduating from college, Carson Newman, which we're proud of that. Way to go, man. But what I'm really excited about is he's uh, going to be going back to school, but he's going to be doing that in Johnson City, and uh, he is going into the ministry. He uh, uh, was already in the military, but he's studying to be a military chaplain, and I just think that's awesome, and we're going to pray for them at the end of the service, but we love uh, Taylor and Andy. They have been a blessing to our church. We are going to miss you dearly. We'd still like to be considered one of your home churches, and you'll come back and see us and all of that, but we love you very, very much. You have meant so much to us. I'm really excited about uh, what's coming up. I'm excited about next Sunday. I'm excited about Life Church. I'm excited about our future and all of that. I was away at a conference this past week. Uh, Chris Oaks and I went to what's called the ARC Conference. ARC stands for Association of Related Churches. This is a church planting organization that actually helped us when we relaunched our church uh, just a few years ago. They helped us with funding, and more than that, they uh, give us encouragement and conferences and all of that kind of stuff. So we were there at a conference, and while I was at the conference, I heard lots of uh, great, great speakers, lots of people that were kind of famous speakers and all that. I saw Tony Dungy, you know, the the uh, the former Indianapolis coach, coach, he was there, and just lots of great preachers. You may have heard of Willie George, who's kind of famous for children's ministry all over, and all of that. But So I heard all of those things, and you'd think I'd come home like with a sermon from one of them, but while they were all talking, God was talking to me about life church, kind of just on a whole other, a whole other, have you ever done that, like where I'm preaching a sermon, and you're supposed to be getting what I'm saying, but God's saying something to you totally different than what I'm saying, you can admit it, has that ever happened, you know, I think that's cool, I think, I think, you know, that when you preach the gospel, sometimes you get other messages that you're supposed to get for yourself, and it's kind of related to what's being said, and kind of not being related to what's said, that's kind of what was happening uh, to me this week. This past week, uh, we celebrated Earth Day. Earth Day, when I was a kid, we would uh, we would go outside and we would plant a tree, maybe in the schoolyard, or we would take seeds home and and uh, plant trees and and all of that. And I think this message really goes along with this theme of Earth Day. Uh, you know, sometimes we politicize days like that. You know, Earth Day. You know, you know people. You know, should we do that? Should we not? All that kind of stuff. But you know what? Before there was politics involved in this, God gave us a beautiful Earth. He gave us a beautiful world, and he asked us to be good stewards of it, didn't he? We, he asked us sort of to mine the store. He, he gave us all of this wonderful creation. How many know that we live in one of the most beautiful parts of the planet? I really believe that in Tennessee. Amen. And, and he, gave us, he gave us an opportunity to care for our world and, and, and all of that. So, you know, we're not only going to give you invitations today, but when you leave today, I hand me one of those packages of seeds. We're going we're gonna to give you some seeds and I want to give you some seeds uh, so you can actually really plant these seeds if you want to and uh, do a little Earth Day project at home. But more than that, I want you to remember this message because I'm going to be preaching this morning about planting seeds. Planting seeds. This, this is called Sermons to Go, and uh, we are getting toward the end of it. I'm real excited about next, next, uh, n- next week and Friend Day and all, and all that's going to happen uh, revolving around that. But not only are we to be planting seeds in the natural world, but, 
But so there are two kingdoms going on. There's the kingdoms of this world, right? And the kingdom of our God. And in the kingdom of God, just like we need to care for our literal environment and the literal planet that we've been put on, we also need to be to care about the kingdom of God because I don't know if you've noticed, but 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 really uh, our world is sort of in trouble. Have you been looking around and noticing that? How many know that we need the kingdom of God to flourish right here on earth? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, and so we are a plant. We have literally been planted here as, as, a, as a kingdom place where people can experience the kingdom of God on this earth. So we're part of a church planting organization. By the way, you know that the number one way to reach people for Christ is to plant a church. It's the number one way. Um, and, and church plants are, are doing more for the kingdom of God than anything else. And so when we went to this, uh, this conference this week, it was in Birmingham, Alabama. And when we do that little pre-roll before church, you see some pictures of that church in Birmingham that's about uh, 15 years old. They were the ground zero of this church planting organization. They were one of the first two churches that were planted in this organization. Now they have 38,000 coming every Sunday. And on Easter Sunday, they had 60,000. 60,000 was their, was their Easter Sunday attendance. And, but not only that, they have been planting churches and been part of planting churches all over the country and helping to relaunch churches. And uh, so now over 500, so not only are 60,000 there on Sunday, that's uh, on Easter Sunday, that's cool, but they've been part of planting over 500 churches. Isn't that great? That's awesome. And we are number 300 and something that, that was planted in that movement. And so every year now, over 100 churches are being planted, and it's a really exciting thing to be a part of. So I'm going to be preaching on planting seeds for a small, medium, and large harvest. Planting seeds for a small, medium and large harvest. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 13. If you don't, it'll be up on the screen. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake, and a large crowd gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. By the way, that's not just kind of like Coincidental, that was like that was like ancient microphone system. That, that was acoustic. So Jesus would get in a boat on the lake and he would talk to the people on the shore and, be, and there was something about the water and the, uh, the uh, hillside and all that that would make the acoustics ring. So without a PA system, he could be heard by hundreds and thousands of people. So it was pretty cool. It was ancient microphone system right there. So they sat beside the lake, and soon a large crowd gathered around him, so he got into a boat. There he sat and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. He said, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds, and as he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon 
wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on, let me just change my tone here. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Anyone who, with ears to hear should listen and understand. And then skipping down to verse 23, it says, The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much as has been planted. A lot of sermons have been preached about the different kinds of soils, right? The rocky soil and all the different kinds of soils. I really don't want to deal with all those kind of soils. That would make another good sermon, and we could talk about all the different kinds of soils that the seed fell on. I really want to focus today, though, on the seed that fell on good soil. Because when you plant seed everywhere, some is going to land on good soil. Amen? And so I'm going to talk today about the seed that landed on good soil. And he's talking about the seed being the Word of God. And uh, so if you're taking notes, there's a place in your bulletin where you can take notes. The first note today is in Scripture, seeds often refer to our words. Amen. That, that the words we say go out like seeds. Did you know that? That you are planting seeds with the words that you say every day. And in the parable, he's not just talking about any words, but he's actually talking about the word of God that goes forth. And so the second point that if we're taking notes is we are called to plant the word of God everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. In fact, the word was used that they would broadcast or they would scatter the seed. It was scattered. So, you know... A lot of times I think we we really try to get too scientific with it and we try to figure out who's going to get it and then we want to plant the seed right there to the person that we know who's really going to get it, right? But you know what? We don't know who is. I'm not smart enough to know who is going to understand the Word, receive the Word, grow from the Word, and those who are not going to get the Word. Some of you who are sitting here this morning were people that I might not have picked. (laughs) If I were going out to choose who to present the gospel to, and if I had known you before you knew the Lord, I may not have picked you. You know what I'm saying? I can remember some people who have been in churches before that if you had known them before they knew the Lord, you would not have picked them out as the people that the soil had fallen on good ground, right? But we're called to broadcast the seed everywhere. Eulen, we think of Eulen as just a, just a really sweet elder in our church. By the way, those of you who haven't seen Eulen for a while, he's on a sabbatical. He's literally moved up to Johnson City for seven months. He's working on a project up there. Uh, he's 80-some years old and still working on fresh material. Isn't that wonderful? So he's writing, he calls it the capstone of his life. He's up there working on that. And he texted me this morning about the service. He's praying for us today. But Eulen, you know, we just see him as this nice, wonderful gentleman in the church. You probably would not have picked Eulen to be an elder in our church years ago because he was an atheist professor at the University of Tennessee. 
That's what he was. He was an atheist professor at the University of Tennessee teaching romance languages, but he was down in South America in order to learn more Portuguese in the Brazilian jungles, and some Baptist missionaries were not intimidated by the fact that he was an atheist professor, and they began to love on him, and they began to share him uh, the gospel, and they scattered seed even though many may not have picked Eulen Washburn, and that seed fell on Eulen Washburn, and it ended up being good soil. Amen. Okay, so this is the next point. We are called to be seed sowers, not soil analyzers. You are called to be a sower of seeds, not a soil analyzer. Ecclesiastes 4 says, Farmers who wait for perfect weather will never plant If they watch every cloud, they will never harvest, just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. Plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon, for you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another or maybe both. You have no idea. You are just called to plant seeds. Some people, you think they they would be perfect. They would just make the most outstanding Christian. You can plant it on them all day long, and they may or may not get it. You may have somebody else who you would think they would, no way they would ever receive the gospel. And so that's why why he said, just just invite. So when you take these cards, don't try to pick which one you think is most likely to come. The one you think may not be likely at all may be the good seed. That's that, that somebody with a higher pay, gr- pay grade than us is in charge of analyzing the soil. We're just here to plant seeds. Amen? And so like in ancient days, it's, it's broadcast. It's, it's, it's scattered. We scatter. Some of it falls on good grounds. Some of it doesn't fall on good grounds. But today we're going we're gonna to talk about the ones that falls on good grounds. Now listen, our, heart, our, our words are, ref, are a reflection of of our thoughts and our hearts. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What we say really is a, is a product. You, 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 you don't address things from, from the mouth outward. You address things from the heart and from our thoughts first. <clears throat> the scripture says in Luke 6.45, A good person produces good words from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. You cannot say anything that does not start first in your heart. And so so as we're broadcasting our words and we're broadcasting the gospel, there needs to be heart transformation first. Amen. Amen. We can either build or we can destroy with our words. Hebrews 11, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. You've got to catch this, folks. What we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. What was this build, building made of? Well, one answer would be wood, brick, all of that. But I would contend to you this morning that this building was made of things that you cannot see. That this building was, was dreamed by faith before any brick ever went up. Before any wood was ever put on these beautiful ceilings of the room that you're in right now, it had to happen in someone's heart first. 
It's a product of our faith. And so, and so we speak those things that are not as though they were. Amen. And so we speak them by faith. We don't just look at what we can see around us, but we look at what we see in the spiritual realm and we begin to speak those things. Faith says it's not if, it's when. Faith says it's not if, it's when. You know, I was thinking about the word when. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be, right? What if someone had written that song, if we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing. That would have really weakened that song, wouldn't it? <laughs> if we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Or if the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. How about that, huh? No, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there, right? In the book of Deuteronomy, it's interesting, before they go into the promised land, they say over and over, now when you get to the promised land, you're going to do this. And when you get to the promised land, you're going to do this. We've got to begin speaking with the word when and not the word if. Doubt is, doubt is born in the word if. You know, well, if everything goes right, maybe things will happen around here. No, we've got to begin to speak with the words when. Amen? I read this little poem this week. Words are seeds that do more than blow around. They land in our hearts and not the ground. Be careful what you plant and careful what you say. You might have to eat what you planted one day. We plant things with our words. And the words produced a 30, 60, and a hundredfold harvest. Now, to illustrate this morning, I, I went to Pilot this morning, and I got me a small, medium, and large, all right? My dad used to call me Supreme. Because whenever I'd go to the restaurant, I would order the Supreme, you know? I loved when the McDonald's went to supersize and stuff, you know what I mean? I hate it when they took it away. But anyway, I'm a large kind of guy. I like, I like the extra size, you know, the supersize and all that. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to, in the physical realm, cut back from that. But in the spiritual realm, I want to be a supersize kind of guy, you know what I'm saying? I want to believe God for big things. But in the scripture here, I didn't hear God saying that the 30-fold was bad or the 60-fold was bad or the 100-fold. He said that there was going to be all three. There was going to be some small harvests. There were going to be some medium-sized harvests. And there were going to be some large harvests, right? Some 30, some 60. And I love that the math doesn't quite work out. You would think it would be 30, 60, 90, but it's not. And it's 30, 60, and then let's just go over the top and add 10 more, right? That's kind of the way, that's kind of the way that God does. So it's, it's the supersized idea. So I want to declare some things by faith that I saw this week. And, and, and the first thing that I want to declare is, is, is a small thing, all right? I'm going to declare the small first. And the first thing that I saw is that next Sunday, this is small, this is very doable, it's very small, but, 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 but it's going to happen. Next Sunday, the, this church is going to be filled to overflowing for the friend day, amen. Now when you come next week and this place is full, did you hear what I said there? When you come and this place is full, isn't it going to be awesome? We're going to, yeah, that's right. Somebody agreed with me there. It's going to be awesome. 
we're going to have more people than seats in this room. Amen. Amen. Just like we did on Easter, we had more people than seats. Next, next week, we're going to have more people in church than we did on Easter. That, that's what I'm declaring by faith this morning. That's what I see. That's a small vision. But now let me give you a medium-sized vision. By this time next year, we're going to need, we, we will already be in two services to accommodate the crowds that God's bringing. Amen. By this time next year, that's my medium-sized vision, we're going to be at two services. Now, when I, now I gave myself a little out there because it could happen next month and it could happen in 11 months, but by this time next year, we're going to have to have two services to accommodate the crowds that God is bringing. Those were the things that I was dreaming, seeing uh, when I was sitting in that conference. And, and now I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, when we go to two services, it's going to be amazing. Now turn to your neighbor on the other side and say, because I can worship in one and serve in the other. That's right. Did you know that two services are better than one? There are a lot of churches that when they launch their churches right now, they are launching with two services for that very reason. So that you can serve in one and you can worship in the other. And they're launching large so that they can serve the Lord in one of the services. And a lot of people report that they enjoy the service more than they're serving in because there's something exciting about serving. And so when we do that, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. So, so if, I could, if I could influence you this morning, I would encourage you to use this vernacular and start speaking in terms of when. When friend day comes next week, it's going to be amazing. When you're talking about, to your, your friends about this week, just tell them how it's going to be and how, how wonderful it's going to be. And so, and so our medium-sized vision is that, that we're going to have two services by this time next year but but the large vision i've got a large vision the large vision is that hundreds of people are going to come to know jesus here and this auditorium will no longer be able to accommodate what god wants to do in this place all right i said it you are looking at the future children's wing you are sitting in the future children's wing amen i really believe that I really believe that we are going to have a time when this building is not going to accommodate what God wants to do in this place when hundreds of people come to, to Jesus. And I just got to tell you, our new church is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. All right. So I'm going to ask us to invite people to Friend Day next week. That's a small, medium, and large vision. But in the Bible, not only do, does, um, do, does planting speak of words, how many know that planting also speaks of money? You know that? The Bible talks about our seeds sometimes as being money. In Scripture, if you're taking notes, seed also refers to money, which is to be sown generously for kingdom purposes. 1 Corinthians 9 says it this way. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, 
but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart uh, how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Now, if you're new to this church, or if you've been here for a while, you know this to be true. I hardly ever even talk about money. I don't believe in coercing people. I don't believe in gimmicks when it comes to money and saying, you know, if you give to the Lord, God's going <laughs> to heal your body or, you know, all those kind of things that, 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 that people will do as gimmicks. But I will tell you this, that those who plant generously will reap generously. It, it, it's, it's, it's just a scriptural um, uh, principle of the law of sowing and reaping. But what I want to say here, while I'm casting vision for a small, medium, and large future, I want to say this, and this is equally important as to where we're going. I just have to say this morning, we can't stay here. We can't stay in our present circumstances. Why can't we stay here? We can't stay here because God wants His church to grow. Whenever you read the parables of the kingdom of God, it's always growing. It's like the smallest of the mustard seed that grows into the largest uh, uh, tree. It's like yeast that just a little bit grows and grows and grows. The, the kingdom of God, he's always referring to, it's like the sower. It gives 30, 60, and 100 fold. God, and and we, we, we portrayed it in last Sunday's message. God wants no more empty seats. Amen. We can't stay here. Another reason we can't stay here is because if we're not growing, we're dying. When there are more cells in your body that are dying, that are being born, the process of dying has taken over. When we breathe our last breath, there are going to be more cells dying. And and, and so if you are stagnant, you are dying. Amen. That's good preaching, Pastor Phil. All right. And another reason that we can't stay here is that God is raising up leaders for a larger harvest. There's too much talent in this building right now for us to stay where we are. There are too many people that God's brought on board uh, just to be staying where we are. We've got some people in the children's ministry that could just as easily teach a 100 kids as they could 20 kids. Amen. Amen. And I think I could preach to at least 150, don't you? (laughs) We've got Chris, you know, that's coming on board. He he could preach just as easy to 500 and 1,000 as he could to us on Sunday morning. Amen? God's raising up leaders. You know what I see? Robert up here. uh, uh, And and God's brought him to, he and his wife to our church. You know, those are, those are amazing leaders that God's, you know, when I see Tom and Daphne, those, those folks, there's, there's people in this church that God didn't just bring them to our church so that we could have a nice little church and pat ourselves on the back, but I believe he's up to something. Amen, 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 amen. amen. So God is raising up leaders for a larger harvest. Another reason is there's too much investment that's been made. There has been too much blood, sweat, and tears that has already gone into this place for us to not go forward. Morris Bagwell did not pastor here for 19 years before I got here so that we could just go away. Morris Bagwell, the former pastor, haunts me. He does. His life speaks to me. The the, the sacrifice that he made speaks to me. Coy Williams, you did not mow the lawn for 50 years so we could go away. 
You didn't mow this lawn and you didn't manicure this place so that it could just, that, that we could just ride off into the sunset and hang on until Jesus comes and hang out. Amen? There's more to be done. Amen? There's been too much investment. Too much blood. Too much sweat. Too many tears. Judy Bagwell, too many, too many years on that piano just for it to go away. Been too many, too many good people that spent too much time here making sure that, and by the way, I just, we were, we were before church in prayer and, and, uh, and Robert was talking about a time when he was back in Jamaica, I believe it was, when he was in a house that got shot up, literally shot up where, where you could just see brightness all around the house. Was this in Jamaica? It was where? In Michigan? Wow! Man, I thought this was a third world story. Okay, this is, this is Michigan. Alright, he was in, I missed the first part of your story. He's in Michigan and he's in this house that's getting shot up. And he didn't die. And, 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 and Robert was sharing, Robert was sharing that until God is done with you, you can't die until he's done. And so he came away from that experience saying, God's not done with me yet. Hey, sir. Hey, ma'am. You're breathing here this morning. Apparently, God's not done with you yet. You know, there was a time back in the 1980s where this church just actually ceased to meet for a while. It looked like it was over, but they started back up. There was a time when Morris Bagwell passed away, and, and it was, you know, the future was precarious. We didn't know what was going to happen. But can I just tell you, you're in a church this morning that refuses to die. And if it refuses to die, God must not be done with us yet, and He must have some great purpose for our future. Amen. 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 Another reason is our community needs us to rise. We're in this Fountain City area that's coming back. Fountain City's coming back. It's regenerating. And all of these young people are moving into Fountain City. And and we're in this area of our city that's coming back. Let me tell you, we don't need to be in a community that's coming back with a church that's just hanging on till Jesus comes. Amen? Our community needs us to come back with it. Amen? Amen. Mm, Amen. There are lost people all around us. That's another reason that we can't die. There are lost people all around us. Can I just tell you that the the, the buckle on the Bible belt is coming undone. I mean, we call ourselves the Bible belt, but the truth is studies are being done in Knoxville that show that only about a quarter of people on any given Sunday morning are in a Bible-believing church on Sunday morning in Knoxville, Bible Belt, Tennessee. We need our church to be alive and strong and thriving. Amen. We need to be a place where the kingdom of God is 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 making a dent and making a difference and the next reason is the next generation needs to experience the power of God that transforms lives needs the power of God that transforms lives so we can't stay here we've got to get to we've got to have an amazing friend day and we've not only have to have an amazing friend day, but we've got to, we've got to see the church continue to grow so that next year, 
that we're having two services that are that, that we're that we're pushing out space in those two services, and then we've got to go uh, to looking toward our new place so that we can accommodate what God. I know I may sound crazy to you up here, but I'll be crazy because let me just tell you something: nothing ever comes to pass until it's spoken first. Nothing ever comes to pass unless it's dreamed first, unless it comes from our hearts first, unless it comes from our thoughts first. And these are just the thoughts that God's given me. And I'll just tell you, Melanie and I didn't move here from what God was doing with us in Illinois so that we could just come here and have a nice retirement. We came here to see God continue to do stuff. That, that, when we went to Illinois back in 1993, we just, we just had this little dream of uh, performing weddings and dedicating babies and, and having a nice little church. But almost as soon as we got on the ground, God started doing something. And pretty soon we were renovating the nursery. And pretty soon the building was, was filling up. And pretty soon we led a march down to the gymnasium of the school that we had that was uh, totally uh, uh, un, uh, unfinished. And we went and refinished that. And I'll never forget a 90-year-old lady leading the eight-block walk from our old building to our new building so we could meet in a gymnasium. The first Sunday, we didn't even have bathrooms. Someone called the, uh, the, uh, the, the water department on us and got us in trouble. I'll never forget that. And uh, by the next week, we had bathrooms. And then that building got finished and that building got full. And before we knew it, there were 27 acres that God uh, made available to us and that uh, God, God just gave us a dream. And, and today, there's a beautiful building sitting on that property of 27 acres and and the church is doing well, and the church is thriving. We didn't just come here so we could have a nice retirement in the Smoky Mountains. Let me just tell you something. God's not finished with us yet, Life Church, and there's more to be done. Amen, amen, amen. So, what are we going to do? So not only are we to, to believe, but we are to give generously toward a vision. Those who give generously will be blessed generously. And so when it comes to giving, i got a small, medium, and large vision. And I don't want to scare you, because I'm just going to really cast the small one this morning. We, we need to do some things to get our place ready for company. You know what I mean? How many know that when company is coming, you want your best foot to be forward, right? So like out here, out here in the entryway, we need some indoor-outdoor carpeting so when people come in, we're just not looking at the old... Con- you know, some of us have been here so long, we don't even see it anymore. We don't care about it. But how many know that when companies come and you want to care about it, right? That's a small vision. It's going to take us about a thousand bucks. About a thousand bucks, we can, we can have that carpet laid, be ready for company right out in that entryway when they come in. Easy, right? That's easy. Easy peasy. That's small. But, but one of the next things, I've got a medium-sized vision that, that, I want, that I want you to see. And that is, let's say, let's say more comes in than, than just, for, just for the carpet. The next thing that we've got to address is our parking lot. How many know that? Amen. Yeah, our parking lot, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of an eyesore. And when, you're, and when you're inviting company to come, one of, the, one of the largest things for curb appeal when they're coming is, is what your parking lot looks like. And we've got potholes out there and we've got cracks out there. There's been a lot of investment that was put in it years ago, but it's our turn to shine and it's our time to stand up. And so that medium-sized vision is that we need a new parking lot. And I don't want to scare you with this, but if, if I had a, if I had a, if I had a board up here, I would draw. If you ever notice, our church looks like a U. Have you ever noticed that? Our church looks like a U. We've got this wing right here, and then it goes over here, and then it comes back here in a U. 
Uh, the, the vision that I would cast is that we're going to fill in that you. That we're going to connect the dots. That those two, that those two arms on the, on the building are going to be connected so that we can have a new auditorium so that this place can, can accommodate our children. I hope I'm not scaring anybody this morning with, with, with a big vision, but I see it this morning. Does anyone else see it with me this morning? Amen. I'm not saying it's today or tomorrow or the next month, but I'm just casting a vision. I want you to know that uh, we're not just here to take up space. We're not just here uh, to, to have a nice little church for uh, uh, to hang on till Jesus comes. We are going to see, we are going to see this church rise. There's been too much investment. There's been too much blood, sweat, and tears. There's been too much pain. There, there's too many good people that are here for this not to happen. And, 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 and it's going to happen or I'm going to die trying. Amen. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm doing for the rest of my life. That, that, that's my plans. That's why I'm hanging out here. That's what I'm up to for the next, for the next years. That's why God's called us here. So... I'm going to ask the worship team to come back and we'll sing one more time. While they're coming, I, 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 as your pastor, I'm never going to ask you to do anything in terms of like giving or whatever. But I will ask you to ask God. I will ask you to ask God. And I'm going to ask you to ask God before we receive our offering this morning if there's anything that he would put on your heart toward giving toward number one let's just get that carpet done that, that, that's a good first step isn't it so that's what i saw is just kind of the small vision easy peasy we can do that and then if, it, if more comes in than we need for that we'll start applying it to the parking lot and as more people come in how many know that the more seeds you have the bigger harvest you can have and so as we fill this building twice and we've got more people that are coming and more people that are giving, we're going to be amazed at what God's going to do.